Hello and welcome to Feminist Fridays, your weekly intersectional dose of self-empowerment and equality. I'm your host, Sarah Liberty, coming to you from Sydney, and this week we have a guest who has literally built an impressive career in construction and design for herself as a woman. Her name is Natasha Ferguson, and she's the power woman owner of the Ethel Fox Construct Group of Companies, a group that creates and builds functional and luxurious spaces for residential homeowners. Natasha is joining us from Toronto, but before we meet her, I've got a track for you by Sia and Sean Paul called Dynamite, because today's guest is going to be explosive. Bang, 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 y'all want 
Hello, Natasha. Welcome to Feminist Fridays. Hi, Sarah. How are you? So happy to be here. I'm I'm very well, thank you, and delighted that you could join us um, at early morning your time. So I wanted to start by asking where you grew up and what your early influences were. I understand that you're currently in Toronto. Yeah, I'm in Toronto, Canada. I was born and raised here. Um, uh, my my parents are actually from the island of Jamaica, but I was born here in, in Toronto. Um, lived here all of my life. Um, I think my earliest influences were my father. He was a tradesman and my mother, very hard worker, um, worked two jobs. Um, so that kind of instilled in me this uh, really, really strong work ethic. Amazing. So I understand that today you're the owner of Ethel Fox Construct Group and you are a maven in your industry. Was design and construction something that you were always interested in or was there a certain moment when you realised it was a passion of yours? Uh, Well, I actually started in marketing and advertising. And um, yeah, I was a project director there. And about uh, maybe about 10 years ago, um, I met my husband and he was a tradesman. um, And I really, I really looked at the like when he told me about what he did um i'm kind of a serial entrepreneur so i started looking into it um roofing and i soon after that started a company um the company and was the first the first company we started was the roofing company um and i've always sort of had this passion for creating um and being a pioneer it's kind of my personality um that i grew up with so yeah i would say that um going from being a project director in marketing and advertising and then going into construction was kind of a a natural progression for me because, you know, I'm dealing with clients every day. Um, I'm having to do sales. I'm having to market my business. So, yeah. Well, now that you pointed out, I can see that there would be some similarities and it sounds like Mm -hmm. you and your husband are a match made in entrepreneurial heaven. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sort of. I uh-huh. guess you could call it that. You I kind of do a lot of the stuff. I took over the construction. Um, it's kind of strange when we started. He's, you know, he's a tradesman. But now I've, I, when I got into the business, I became so passionate about it. I basically learned over 10 different trades now. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So everything from drywall to tiling to landscape architecture, um, to roofing, I've even gotten up on a roof um, and, and, and worked with my husband on the roof. So, yeah, so I would say, you know, um, I'm, I'm fully immersed now at this point. And I, I you know, I, I don't think I could go back to like a regular job. Like construction is definitely something that I love in building and creating. So I am going to confess to knowing very little about the world of construction how does someone go about entering into a career in your industry? And I was very curious to know, are the 10 different trades that you've learned all self-taught? Right. They are self-taught. Um, a lot of, all of the trades that I've learned are self-taught. I've learned it over a period of 10 years. Um, I mean, being a tradesperson is not like going to school to be a doctor or to be a lawyer. 
um, you, you can have a natural ability. Obviously, you can go to trade school. Um, for me, I just kind of fell into it. Um, and also being a woman, um, you know, falling into it wasn't like the, the norm. Um, so, you know, I think that that in terms of going into trades, you can learn in school, but it's also something that can be a natural ability. And 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 that was the ladder. The ladder was for me. Yeah. Wow. Sounds like quite a, a career that you've you literally carved out for yourself. So I did. Yeah. What mm-hmm. what has it been like carving that career out um, as a woman? And I guess as someone who's a, a person of color, did you witness mm-hmm. or face any challenges because of your gender or background? Absolutely. I mean, every day um, is a challenge for me. Um, you know, when I first started, first of all, you, you like you know, you mentioned that um, a person of color, um, which isn't the the biggest part of it. It's really a woman being a woman, mm-hmm. and and this kind of like gender bias that you know women in construction face all the time. Um, you know, I've I've <laughs> I've had sub trades that work for me. Um, start the work if you're paying them a ton of money, they still kind of you know, won't do the work properly, or if I've had, you know, um, men specifically come on my job sites and see the work, if I'm laying, for instance, um, you know, doing masonry work and, and, and doing, um, you know, building patios, it's heavy, heavy stone, and they'll come on my site and they'll say, oh, you did this work, or, oh, who do you work for? Or are you a laborer? So I get that a lot, for sure. Um, I mean, in terms of, of clients and, 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 and what the clients believe and what they like is that they've never worked with a woman contractor before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's it's just interesting. You see the people that are in the industry, they kind of don't want to give you the opportunity or underestimate you or they want to lift a stone um, because they think it's too heavy for you. And But then clients are totally into, wow, this is, you know, you're a woman and you actually work on site. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that, you know, it's not always easy. I'm always constantly having to prove myself, but also, um, on the other hand, clients, you know, they, they like that a woman's dealing with them, um, and that a woman's on their job site, not to poo poo on any of the male contractors, but, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, um, clients say that they've had like really bad experience. Um, with contractors. So um, when I kind of step into the stage, you know, women are looked at as being nurturers, we're organized, we can multitask. So right off the bat, they just like, there's a trust level there. So yeah, it's it's pretty good on, on that side of things. Yeah. And I, I wonder, do you tend to also um, build up more trusting or more open client relationships with women who might be feeling more comfortable in dealing with a woman um, contractor or woman businesswoman. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say if I if I go after ten contracts, I almost always close eight to nine of those contracts, and 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 I lead in with that. I lead in with I'm all woman owned and operated construction company, and right away they're like, wow, okay, they want to know more. Um, they want to know if I'm actually doing the work. Um, when I actually show up on the site, um, 
they're they're shocked. And and also my team is seventy percent of my team are women, um, either women contractors that I've mentored, um, or or women that have gone to school and are unable to find jobs because literally like you will go for a job. Um, like just let's say whether it's a as a project manager on site, like a site manager, um, which is kind of, you know, the jobs that they'll throw on to women. Um, or if, if you're coming on to do a job like tiling and you're getting you want to be hired by a larger company or just even like a small mom and pop construction company, they're not hiring you. Mm. Like I've had I've had women come to me and say, you know, how did you get into this? And like. You know, I went to school for masonry work or I went to school for, you know, carpentry. And it's really hard for me to find a job because I'm a woman and they don't believe that, you know, women can actually do as good of a job, if not better than men. Well, it sounds like you're certainly changing perspectives in that regard. So we're going to talk about your team a little bit later. I just wanted to ask you now about Ethel Fox Construct Group. So yes. I understand you build spaces that are both functional and luxurious. Can you mm-hmm. share with us some examples of projects that you've worked on, perhaps ones that you're most proud of? And how do you go about finding that balance between functionality and luxury? Right. So um, so Ethel Fox Group is made up of four companies, um, uh, Sky Garden Landscaping, where we do architecture, um, landscape architecture and, um, you know, garden design. Um, Ethel Fox Construct, which is our interiors and exteriors. So we do a lot of home additions and um, like full home, whole home renos. Um, and then there's TKO Demo, um, where we do demolitions. Um, and and then the last but not least is Sky Limitless Roofing, which is, uh, you know, w- which was our starter company. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like the, the construction and, and kind of creating that that really nice balance, um, I think it, it comes through in our process and how we deal with our clients and work with our clients. So we're not just coming in as, you know, most interior designers or architects will be like, oh, this is what we're going to do. And they don't really include the client in the whole sort of creative process, which I think is important, especially mm-hmm. when you're dealing with somebody's home. Totally. Um, so it, it, it's it's when we say we we design you know luxury and and functionality that's really based on you know working with our clients and getting to where they want to go to so whatever they think is luxurious is what we're going to put out just based on our personal like you know creative concepts and working with the client and their what they want um you know i had a client today who i met with and her and her husband were like well we don't want to tell you what to do um, but and I said, no, I, I want you to tell me what you like and, you know, your dislikes. Like, obviously, I'm not going to come in. And this is your backyard. I'm not going to come in and be like, this is what we're going to do. Um, and, and then you not have en- you, you not enjoy it. So it's really about creating that that relationship with the client. And then that's how we're getting to, you know, that that balance of functionality and, and you know, luxurious and just like modern space kind of feel I can totally I can understand that because everyone's version of luxury is is going to be different but exactly and also the way that you talk about the the client service luxury isn't just the look it's it's a type of service it's a way that you respect and deal with clients so yeah that makes sense to me 
So mm-hmm. you started the, your business during the COVID climate, and from the sounds of things, it's booming. So was navigating COVID a challenge for you? Oh my gosh, I, I have to tell you, I'm absolutely blessed um, because while we were while we, while we were going what we were while we were going through this entire like sort of COVID pandemic and it hit. So many people lost their jobs, like within the food industries and, you know, um, businesses shutting down, mom and pops, the larger companies, just, you know, everything. Construction and specifically renovations in um, like for homeowners in residential were it never shut down. Um, so we've literally been one of those companies who's, who's had too much work. Um, the commercial construction industry took a really huge hit, but residential construction didn't. And we just have been flying through this. And, um, you know, what happened was just before um, the COVID hit, I had rebranded the company um, my, and named it after my, my late mother, um, Marion Osborne, and my youngest daughter, Fox. Um, so she passed away from cancer last year and she was she she played a huge part in me making that change and really taking the business to a different level, like to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, so COVID didn't affect us at all. Um, we're doing so well still and because everybody's sitting at home. Exactly. Um, and from home there. They have this time to look at everything that's wrong with their house, whether <laughs> that's indoor or outdoor. So you can imagine, um, you know. I have to be sometimes turning away clients um, just because, you know, there's just not enough time. And, and every contractor in Toronto is quite busy. Um, but what makes it, you know, um, unique for me is that, again, I'm in this position where I am, you know, a person of color and I am a woman. And so I've been able to flourish um, within, you know, within this particular sector. And um just recently in the beginning of the year, I was awarded with the Women in Business Award and grant from the City of Toronto, which is super huge. So, yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. And as you were talking, I was just thinking, yes, I've spent mm-hmm. quite a lot of time sitting at home during this whole pandemic. Um, yeah. I, I'm not a homeowner. I'm a, I'm a renter, so I'm not allowed to do too much renovating that um, mm. But there's certainly still been lots of renovations happening around my area, and that's in Sydney, Australia. So I'm sure around the world it's sort of a similar trend. Absolutely. I mean, everybody's working from home now. There's Mm -hmm. not – I don't know of any companies that has – their employees here in Toronto going into an office. So it's it's a it's a strange and different time, but it's working really well for us. And again, I just, you know, I feel blessed that, you know, the company was able to take off in the way that it was during this time when everybody, you know, is going through this like really horrible time. And we've all we're all there, you know, we're all kind of wearing still wearing masks and kind of try, just trying to like get through this 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 crazy time, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So we already talked a little bit about your team and you've, you've mentioned that you've got um, 70% of your employees are women. So yeah. that, that must be something that you're really proud of. What kind of makes some of your team members unique? Um, you know what? Um, their courage, their ability to just sort of step away from what they were doing um, like, for instance, my right hand and my assistant, um, Otisha Joseph, 
she used to be a supervisor at a bakery, like completely, um, you know, just completely opposite of what she's doing now. Um, she's been with me for a few years now and she's just flourished, a uh, very young, young lady. Um, she's one of the best GCs that I have on my team now. Um, she's gone from knowing absolutely nothing about construction or trades to knowing about four trades and doing really, really well with those trades. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just been it's just been amazing being able to mentor these these women, and and I'm not just talking about young women. I'm talking about you know um, older women, women that are older than myself who have. One of them's retired. Another one, you know, um, was working in a really high, high-powered job, and was like, "I'm, I'm so over this," and started working with me. I, I sometimes, when I meet with clients and they're women, they ask me how I get into this, how I got into this industry, and they're interested in, and they want to do, you know, they're like, "How do I learn this? How, how can I, you know, pick it up and, and sort of things." So. You know, I'm working on a few things right now and really, really interesting um, uh, nonprofit called A Woman's Work, which is um, which I'm working with the city of Toronto. And it's just we basically support women in the trades um, by providing them with training and and also self-esteem um, programs like, you know, self-esteem training and programs. So that's pretty interesting. That's that's kind of like my passion right now. And how I want to kind of change the industry and um, this like gender bias narrative that they have going on in there and just being able to kind of like open doors for other women like myself. Yeah. And speaking of mentoring, I was going to ask you next to describe your leadership style and, and why do you lead in this way? So I'm definitely not a micromanager. Um, I, I do have a lot of like high expectations, expectation for people that I am mentoring and that I'm leading. Um, I have this mentality of, you know, if I can do it, then then you can definitely do it. Um, so I think I'm, I think I would say that the type of leadership that I, I like to kind of go by is just being able to be open. I want people to be open and to believe in themselves. And so I'm always pushing for them to like move forward. I'm always pushing them to do better. Um, I don't know if that sort of answers the question, but it's hard to explain. It's it's not aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely nurturing. Um, I definitely like, I love to help people. Um, that's just who I am as a person. So I, I guess I'm. It's very nurturing, so it's motherly. <laughs> so you'll hear a lot of the people that work for me, um, say, you know, they they call me nanny, <laughs> which is which is which is it has a meaning behind it. Um, it this was um this was like a freedom fighter, um, out of Jamaica that basically like changed the whole entire like you know slave trade and everything. So they started calling me nanny. And when I did research on her, I was like, wow. You've got to read about her. She was amazing. And when one of the guys that I met on a site one time, he was so inspired by me because he, I came out of my truck. I drive a really, really big truck, guys, and I love my truck. <laughs> and I got out of my truck and he was like, oh, are you like, do you work for? And I said, no, no, this is my company. And I had about five workers. And, he, and you know, the next time that I met him, he actually called me and said, you know what, sister, you really inspired me. 
And I, I inspired him so much that he started taking his business a lot more serious. And um, his business is thriving. And that was like about eight months ago. And he, he said to me, you know what? Um, I want to call you Nanny. And I said, why do you keep calling me that? And he's like, you got to look her up. She's on um, the Jamaican note, the, the dollar bill. So um, I, I went online and I looked her up and she's actually quite amazing. You, you've, you've got to read about her. Yeah. It's, it's too much to even fit into this interview. That's <laughs> this awesome. I want to know about your truck. Do, does your truck have a name or is it just a really big truck? It does have a name and I don't know if I'm allowed to see here. Oh, okay. I call, I call her Big Bish. She's amazing. <laughs> She's a 2020 F-150. Um, I just, I love pumping my music in there. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm a big music person. So when I pull into a Home Depot or anything, they know that I'm coming. Everybody at Home Depot knows me in my truck because I have my emblem on the back of the truck. Yeah. And I just love my truck. And I'm actually buying another truck. And <laughs> it's, yeah. So I'm a truck person now. Like I literally <laughs> cannot be driving in a car because I feel like I'm driving in a feather when I'm driving in a car. So <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going back. <laughs> I, I can imagine. So as this is a feminist segment, how has fem feminism been a part of your journey? And just to be clear, I'm an intersectional feminist. So I believe feminism is about equality for all, not just women's rights. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, it's starting, I'm, starting with this this nonprofit, um, a woman's work. Uh, yeah. That's where my feminism lies. Um, that's what I'm going, that's the vehicle that I'm going to use to sort of create this equality within this industry. Mm -hmm. um, and, and sort of, that's my plan. Um, it was never, you know, um, when I started this company, I thought, you know, okay, I'm an entrepreneur and I see the money in there and I see the business model. And then as I started to work within the industry and I started to get exposed and I opened up, you know, the three other companies and really started to work with, with the industry and suppliers. And I saw that there was like a huge gap. Um, I remember last year around this time, I had went to go to this, this store called Mark's Work Warehouse. And I wanted to find myself some pants. And I went in there and I was like, hey, where's your women's section? Where's, you know, where's the section for females? And this poor sales girl was like, she was walking around. She's like, okay, well, let me just show you. And as we started to walk around, I was like, she, did, she didn't know where the section for women was. And <laughs> she finally brought me over to this little corner and it had like cubby holes with some, like, you know, three or four pants. And I became super irritated. I was like, well, I don't understand like where you're, you know, where's the stuff for women and where... And I actually was so upset I left the store. I did buy pants, by the way, but I left the store and I called my mother and I was like going on and on. And I called the 1-800 customer service number and I sat on the phone with them for about 45 minutes. And they said, there's like, there's no demand. So we don't have it in the store and we don't have it online. And yeah, and I thought to myself, wow, like, I don't know why it was so verbal for me um, and why I felt so just this disenfranchised like I just didn't feel good about it and the customer service person actually ended up hanging up on me because I just wouldn't get off the phone <laughs> and I went home that day and my mom you know she was in her la on her last legs and I was talking to she's like why is this upsetting you so much I said I don't know I just feel like it's so unfair like I'm always I'm you know what I mean like 
as a person of color and working in the career that I worked before, I always had to, you know, 100 and 200 percent more than anybody else in there. And, you know, so I come into this industry and now it's not only about me and my the color of my skin, but it's also about me, you know, being a woman. Um, so for me, just creating equality and and I'm going to do this through this 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 um, this this organization and the programs. I'm going to change the way um, people think. Um, and, it, and it just doesn't have to be about construction. You know, um, I think that um, just in the time that we're in, guys, right now, it, it's just, you know, people are making career changes. It's not the same world we were living in a few years back. Not everybody wants to work in an office and like or sit at home. And so I think this is a, an amazing way to kind of open up open up doors and open up ways of new thinking. Um, and that's what I want to do through this, through my business, um, through my mentorship, through my leadership and through the organization I'm trying to build. Yeah. Well, it sounds amazing. I love the, the sound of a woman's work and the programs that you're looking to create. Um, and yeah. just as an aside, if I couldn't find pants, I'd be on the phone for 45 minutes um, being upset too. So don't feel alone there. Uh, that you know, make- it was so weird. <laughs> they like totally up on me and they were, they were, she's like, look, I don't, I don't know. And I was like, okay, well, how come you don't know? And then I, that's when I went home that night and I said, well, I've got to do something about this because clearly, you know, um, they feel like we're not meant to be here. I could tell you so many other stories about job interviews that I went on and just to get more experience in like sort of the project management um, of the construction where I would get down there and they would be like, you know, there's no way that a woman is going to be able to manage, you know, these old guys who have been working, they just won't, they won't take you seriously. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of why I started this business. And I feel like that's why I've been so successful because uh, it's needed. And, you know, I'm on this journey and yeah, I, I honestly cannot wait until, you know, things start opening up and I want to get all these women involved in these programs and I want to get people working um, in this industry. It's, it's just going to be great. I'm so excited. I'm excited for you too. And I can hear how determined you are and I'm sure it's, you're going to keep creating change. You already are. Um, uh, yes, it's, I'm going to be following your career trajectory and, your your ventures so one final question where can my listeners find you follow you and connect with you if they want to learn more about your ventures and perhaps enter a construction career themselves or even hire you um so you can you can find me at um ethelfoxconstruct.com and also at ethelfoxconstruct on instagram Facebook and on Twitter. Um, and the full company name is Ethel Fox Construct Group. We have a group of companies. There's five companies under that umbrella. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so, I, I so want to connect with um, like-minded women and women who are interested in understanding more about the construction, whether it's just, you know, I'm, I want to be a carpenter, but I'm too afraid and I, I don't know where to start. Or, you know, I am looking for a job or, you know, um, even even where you guys are all the way in Australia, I want to hear from, you know, um, 
women down there as well too. I know that I, I have a really cool following in Australia actually. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, um, a couple of women-based organizations have like followed me on Instagram without me having to do anything. And it's just, it's just great. It's awesome. Absolutely. And thank you so much for joining us today, Natasha. Guys, thanks for having me. I'm so, I'm so excited um, that you, you were able to, we were able to connect and I know. thank you to all the listeners. And um, thanks a lot, Sarah. You're awesome. Oh, thank you. Well, we have served you another fierce episode of Feminist Fridays. But before you tune out, I'm serving you a track by Kylie and Dua Lipa called Real Groove. And this is the Studio 2054 remix. Enjoy, and I hope you get into the groove yourself this weekend. Feel my heartbeat. It's the same old feeling coming over me tonight. Me tonight. 